Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Barbara Corcoran, and once I figured out how to run a business, I became the queen of New York real estate. Now I'm sharing my secrets on my new podcast called Business Unusual. Search Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. While the great American is undergoing life-saving, cutting-edge, state-of-the-art surgery to replace a heart valve, in his ticker, I am standing here like Alexander Haig at the White House when President Reagan was fighting for his life after John Hinckley's bullet had invaded the president. Willie, we're all counting on you. We're all praying for you. We all know that you will come through this because you're strong and you are the great American. However, in his stead, the show must go on. And we are waiting on updates on Willie's procedure this morning. It's like... Uh, the Hillary Clinton thing. Let's not call it an investigation. Let's call it a matter. We're not going to call it an operation. If the surgeon accidentally touches something, Willie's nose won't light up like the board game. But it's a, it's a procedure. It's a matter. And we know this matter shall be resolved in good due time. And he will be back with you in full force with a heart that is pumping red, white, and blue. Now to the story of the day. A strange, seemingly sick, twisted, once we find out all the facts, but what we know of Timothy Pitson, who the teenager claims to be, who was found yesterday in Newport, claiming he'd escaped from his abductors after eight years of being under some kind of captivity against his will. What we know so far from what he says, he was passed around like uh, an object, like a bicycle, like a piece of furniture, with different people over different periods of time in different places. He said his last place of stay against his will was a red roof inn somewhere in the tri-state, I suppose. Turned up in Newport yesterday, just a few blocks from the bar where I went. In fact, we're watching the news while I'm bartending at the end of the day yesterday and see this street that looks very familiar because it was a couple blocks over on Columbia in Newport, right behind the junior high school. But what a just, it's the kind of story, as Scott Sloan said earlier, he's rarely without words for. This story, it's, it's hard to find words for. The level of depravity, the level of sickness that's involved, what this kid must have gone through, what he's going to go through, if it's really him. And this is the true story. Why would you make something like that up? He knew Timothy Pitson's middle name, the date of birth. And at six years old, you know these things about yourself. What would be the reason anyone would, and where would he get the information, for God's sake, if this was not really Timothy Pitson? I think it speaks 
if this is what has gone on, but we know this goes on every day in this country, sometimes in plain sight where human trafficking is going on. We know it's going on on a regular basis at the southern border, which is one of the reasons our illegal immigration crisis is truly a national emergency. It's not just a national emergency for us, U.S. citizens, and our sovereignty. It's an emergency for the people who are trying to cross over illegally. And as far as blaming them for living in poor economic conditions and wanting a better life, I won't do that. But there is an emergency, there is a crisis, and much of it revolves around human trafficking. Kids being brought across the border illegally by people who are not their parents. In many cases, for various and sundry nefarious reasons. This is a real issue in this country. And the the question for me is, why is human trafficking, especially among children, it's not any better when you're talking about you know, forced slavery of adults and women, but especially kids. Jesus said, suffer the children unto me, not make the children suffer. What has broken down in our culture, in our society, in America and the world for things to have gotten to this point where it's continual, where it's habitual, and whether it's behind closed doors or in a red roof inn or some dark, dank dungeon somewhere, or if it's open view. Timothy Pitson found the light yesterday. If this, in fact, is Timothy Pitson waiting on the DNA tests. He found the light. He ran to the light and asked for help. Can you imagine what that was like for someone who, as a six-year-old, was ripped away from his mother, a mother gave him away or whatever, and then committed suicide, No matter how that went down, that's the first part of the sixth story. Imagine what it's been like for the last eight years. Being passed around from sick individual to sick individual for whatever purposes they intended. And God knows what this kid's been through. But for eight years to have no contact with your blood, with your family. And to be amongst these strangers who are abusing you and using you for whatever thing they, they had in mind at any given time. And then trade it away like baseball cards. I think it goes something deeper. And uh, Scott Sloan disagreed with me on this, but when this country decided in a Supreme Court decision in 1973 that killing unborn babies was a constitutional right. That diminished the value of human life. And we see the results, and we see the the split and divide in this country between the vehement pro-abortion people and the vehement pro-life people and what's going on in states like New York and Virginia where the governor basically endorsed infanticide in Virginia, even though that bill didn't get passed. In New York, Governor Cuomo signed it. Same thing. Up to the point of birth, you can kill a human baby. There seemingly is less and less a value put on human life. 
And we see it in some communities where gangs and drugs have taken over. And there's absolutely, I mean, you're as good dead as the next cheap bullet that somebody buys. It's not the guns. It's a societal issue where we do not value human life the way we should, with the coin a human deserves. Sloney made the point, you know, in the wild, wild west, you could kill your wife because you caught her stepping out on you. So where was the value in human life then? And he said, and back in the day, people had 10 or 12 children, not because an edict from God that they were going to have children, but because they needed cheap labor for the farm. I don't discount all of that, but I would also say, well, really? Then we haven't evolved much, have we? Not from the earliest days of barbarianism. Because we're literally, legally, in this country still, ripping unborn human beings out of women's bodies at a whim. And the human trafficking maybe is just an extension of that. A lack of respect for human life and human dignity. With the Timothy Pitson case which probably will be a national case. If the DNA results come back and we find out more about Timothy Pitson and his captors and their network, maybe that's why local law enforcement and the FBI have been fairly tight-lipped so far about this. Would you rather get it right or get it first? And would you rather have the ability to maybe track down and crack down on this supposed network of human traffickers? 513-749-7000, 513-749-7000, pounds 700 on AT&T, free. Gary Jeff, we're on Willie Watch, waiting to hear from the great American or a spokesperson, maybe from the hospital. Sutures, sutures. Sponge, sponge. Cow valve, cow valve. Up your artery. Good luck and Godspeed, Willie. We'll take a break and come back on 700.com. While we await word on Willie and his surgery, your phone calls always welcome at 513-749-7000, 1-800-843-2441. As Willie likes to say, I'd like to talk to you, the American people, so feel free to chime in as we continue. Coming up at uh, 1235 after news, Elizabeth Johnston, who is the founder and the publisher of ActivistMommy.com, which is a pro-life website and organization, also author of Not On My Watch, the How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom. We'll talk to her. At 1 o'clock, Steve Gorham, the executive director of the Climate Science Coalition. More on the, the latest moves to add the Green New Deal to a part of the American political landscape and totally destroy a what is a, a booming American economy right now. Stewart reports, of course, Rachel Alexander at 2.06 this afternoon, the left's next move after... The Mueller report, kind of grasping at straws at this point, it seems. So yesterday, Serenos brought pizzas in for lunch. They didn't realize that the Reds were on the radio, as they are every time they play all season long here on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. But the positive side of this was I worked last night, did a nightcap, and I was greeted, but someone was nice enough 
to pack some pizzas in the fridge. So there wasn't bacteria growing all over them when we got here. I heated some of those puppies up. Man, that's great pizza. Sorrento's is great pizza. A fabulous lunch menu. Your sandwich is made with fresh Italian bread. The pizzas, obviously. The pastas. Oh, give me some noodles, right? Well, some noodles. Italian salads, too, are spectacular. They're open every day for lunch and dinner, and they've even got a wine room now, an outdoor or outdoor bar. Well, it's getting nice. Got a fire pit if it's a little chilly. And a bocce ball court. That's, again, Serrano's. Open again. And uh, they do great stuff there. So I want to make mention of that. We're talking about human trafficking. As it related to Timothy Pitson... And, and what's going on on our, our southern border specifically? It's going on all over the country, you know? People are being smuggled in, in many cases, against their will. And their indentured servitude includes all kinds of sick, twisted, sexual, whatever. Most of the migrants across our southern border, and there's been a great surge if you haven't been paying attention are Central American families and unaccompanied minors. Again, a situation that's rife for human trafficking. Rape and slavery is what we're talking about. Their numbers have grown by 340%. About 136,150 families. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Units apprehended on the southwest border between October and February. Compared to 31,000 families during the same period a year ago, according to the, the Custom Border Patrol statistics. And in El Paso, the local Border Patrol sector saw its family unit apprehension numbers jump. One, this, is, this is how much it went up. 1,698% over the same period of time. By last month, by the end of February, when U.S. Customs and Border Protection predicted it would hit a 12-year high with more than 100,000 apprehensions across the border, so many were coming through El Paso that agents set up a military-style tent surrounded by a chain link under a freeway bridge to hold them back. CPB has had to redirect, what, 750 agents from their positions at the ports of entry to help Border Patrol process the illegals. And it fed President uh, Trump's recent threats to close the southern border, a, a move that even members of Trump's own party said would wreak havoc on our economy. It's like a billion dollars a day of trade between Mexico and the U.S. across that southern border and across the ports of entry. So it's costly. It's costly any way you go. It's costly to the safety net, the social safety net, that is being gamed by people who are not citizens of this country, who've never paid a dime in taxes, the ones who are pouring over our porous border with impunity. And... It's, it's a threat. It's a threat for criminal behavior. And not all these people are criminals. In fact, most of them are not. Again, family units have been 
the sharpest increase in what's coming through our southern border illegally, being apprehended and then being, in many cases, turned loose because of asylum laws and a broken immigration system. But it's also a threat to them, those people, especially the unaccompanied minors that we're talking about. Sometimes they are brought by an adult, no familial relation, just somebody who picked up a kid and go, hey, you know what? With this kid, I can set foot in the U.S., and they'll have to release me within a certain period of time, and then I can just scatter like roaches when the lights come on and never show up for a court date or anything else. It's broken. It is an emergency. And one of the biggest components to the emergency of illegal immigration in this country is the human human trafficking angle. And that's how I directed it back to the Timothy Pitson story. Hopefully, soon we will have the information that we need about the, the young man who claims to be Timothy Pitson, abducted eight years ago from Aurora, Illinois, now escaping from his captors, and found in Newport, Kentucky yesterday by a good Samaritan who helped him out, got the police involved, and got him to a hospital and somewhere safe. But again, I think it points to the fact that we have a big problem in this country today with not respecting human life. And it starts from the very beginning of life up into children, teenagers, and adults. And the way it results in children and teenagers and adults is in forced incarceration and human trafficking for people's own sick, twisted needs and means. It starts with unchecked abortion and infanticide. Your thoughts on this and Elizabeth Johnston on the other side of news. Again, the author of Not On My Watch, How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom from ActivistMommy.com to you here on 700. Looking out the window at the FBI headquarters adjacent to our building here in Kenwood, there's at least one out-of-town news van waiting on information on the young man who claims to be Timothy Pitson, a 14-year-old who says he was held captive for eight years after being kidnapped and being traded around as if he were a piece of property and an object. As we continue to follow that story and Bill Cunningham, I understand it, no word yet on Willie's surgery, his procedure today to replace his heart valve. But joining us now is author of Not On My Watch, How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom, and the publisher of the website ActivistMommy.com, Elizabeth Johnston joins us. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I don't know if you followed this story. This is a local story where a young man, fourteen, a teenager, was found in the streets of Newport, Kentucky yesterday, said he escaped from two men who had held him captive in a red roof inn somewhere. He claims to be one Timothy Pitson, who was abducted or disappeared eight years ago when he was six years old. His mother left a note saying he'd be taken care of and he'd never be found. She committed suicide after releasing him to someone and he apparently is the victim of human trafficking. We're waiting on the DNA results from that. And I was just equating that 
as relating to what you and I are going to talk about, it seems to me like we in our society have a very diminished uh, value of human life in general, whether it be unborn in the womb or the human trafficking crisis that's going on in this country and people just not being dignified as people, as creations of God, and and being treated like their objects can be so easily thrown away. Do you, do you concur or not? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that is why we are headed to Richmond, Virginia, to deal with this issue of Governor Ralph Northam, who had the gall to say that a mother could give birth to a child and then decide after she gives birth to the child whether or not uh, she would keep the child or execute the child in cold blood. This was a piece of legislation that he was supporting and uh, said these words on the radio station and then doubled down on his words once confronted by an outraged citizenry. And so we have taken the day of mourning to Richmond, Virginia, this Saturday at 1 o'clock at the Richmond Convention Center because you're right, we do not have respect for life in this country anymore. Uh, we really have become quite savage uh, that we would um, execute children in cold blood. Uh, is It's the highest form of discrimination and bigotry uh, to, to the least of these, those who do not have a voice. And so uh, Richmond, Virginia right now is just on fire. Uh, there are pro-life events um, all over Richmond this week, and yesterday there were thousands outside the, I believe, the State House, um, where the whole Republican caucus walked out of the State House to join them at the pro-life uh, March for Life. Uh, Richmond is on fire, and I cannot wait to see what God does this Saturday. Um, please, all your listeners, go to dayofmourning.org, and you will see what we are doing here this weekend in Richmond. Elizabeth Johnson as the mother of 10, correct? Yes, sir. <laughs> good, good for you. As a mother of 10, can you imagine anything more heartbreaking than one of your child, one of your children go missing and are oh, missing for I've, eight I've, years? I mean, have you thought yeah, about I've, this? I've heard about this uh, story all morning, and um, you're, you're right. It, it comes down to, to a lack of value of life and uh, turning from from God's uh, principles, our Creator's principles, and you know that's that's what we're doing about uh, with Day of Mourning. We are basically not not um, not having a, a horizontal response here. This is not a political rally on Saturday. This is a vertical response. This is us saying to God, "We are sorry. We are humbling ourselves." Something is very wrong with our hearts in this nation. We have gone the wrong way, and we are asking you to give us your heart and to forgive us for what we have done. And he's promised to full humble ourselves like that, that he will forgive our sin and heal our land. And so we're calling on the entire nation to wear black, to fast and pray, and to repent for the sin of abortion. But uh, you're right, this story about this young man, I tell you, um, it's, it's every mother's worst nightmare. It sounds like, I don't know, is this woman a part? Did she play a part in this crime? Exactly. We, we, we have no idea. They're still waiting on the DNA test to come back to make sure this is truly Timothy Pitson. There's no word yet. It takes some time. We understand that. We'd rather get it right than get it first. Yeah. But, you know, the, the question begs, where would he come up with his name? Where, where would he, why would he just instantly bludge out that name, who's actually a missing child on the registry of missing children, Knew his middle name, 
knew his date of birth. And at six years old, you know these things. So he apparently yeah. hasn't lost that identity uh, in all these years. And God knows what he's been through. Mm. God only knows. But Thank I, God he escaped. Uh, if this is a, an accurate story, yeah. thank God he escaped. No kidding. And what does he go through from this point forward? Oh. You know, there's going to be an awful lot of counseling and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, prayerful reflection by people around him to give him the kind of support he needs to reintegrate himself into society at this point. Because those, those years that were lost... I mean, are, are very important formative years in somebody's development. You know, now here, here he's a teenager. And right. he's going through this. Elizabeth Johnson, on the other side of the story, we talked about Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, and his, his careless comments about infanticide that he did double down on. And they tried to get mm-hmm. the legislation passed through the Virginia Assembly, but it, it did not go through, thankfully. But what's mm-hmm. happened in the state of New York, for example, that mm-hmm. bill is just as egregious, just as heinous, just as murderous. Mm -hmm. There is a backlash on the other side around the country. You know, you see Ohio with the the fetal heartbeat law. And in in Kentucky, they're trying to move the same needle there. uh, Yes. uh, So, I mean, we really are a divided country on so many issues, and it depends on the enclave of of the political dominance in and it seems like you, you like you said your rally your day of mourning is not a political event it's, mm-hmm. it's an apolitical event it's it's an event about faith it's it's an event mm-hmm. about preserving the dignity of human life and human life in general but it seems that in mm-hmm. enclaves that are controlled by liberal democrats or socialist it's like carte blanche you can you yeah. can you can kill a human being at any point, and you go to the middle of the country. You go to the so-called flyover states, and the reaction is exactly the opposite. Would you believe the governor Northam yesterday, hot off the press, was a story that he passed legislation yesterday, signed legislation making animal cruelty a felony, while doubling down on his comments that cruelty to children through abortion is okay. I mean, you're right. Hopefully the left has overplayed its hand here. Um, we see now with the, the movie Unplanned that's come out this last yeah. weekend, um, just such a, um, such a, a rise in pro-life sentiment and desire to get involved in the pro-life battle. This is all, this is all positive, and we hope that the left has overplayed their hand as this only helps our cause to end abortion, but the truth of it is is that we should be just as disgusted by a nine-week-old baby being executed through abortion as we should by a 40-week-old baby. And hopefully this is waking up a sleeping citizenry that's 46 years of bloodshed, 60 million babies. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Being killed. The mother's womb being the most dangerous place in the in the world for a child to reside. That enough is enough, and we need to end this practice of child sacrifice in our nation. Elizabeth Johnston, a friend, texted me this. The pro-abortion gave us bait and switch. They used to say they wanted abortion to be legal, few, and safe. Now they, now they fight even slight restrictions, such as limited abortions after 20 weeks, like all, uh, nearly all European countries have, and now impl- applaud infanticide and euthanasia. Is he, is he very, on target there? Very well said. Very well said, yes. And uh, the celebration that Governor Cuomo and the radical feminists did. Did you hear them cheer? They cheered. Yep. Yep. And that, you know, again, that's the overplay. That's what just outraged everyone. And that is why we took the day of mourning to Albany, New York in February. And we had almost 4,000 people in attendance and 40,000 watching via live stream as we mourned, not celebrated, but mourned the death of these children. I want all of your listeners to please go to dayofmourning.org. That's morning spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And they can get their free Eventbrite ticket to come and join us on Saturday at in Richmond, Virginia, at the convention center. Well, it's, uh, it's a fight worth fighting. And I'm glad that uh, people like you are out there doing it. I've always Thank said, you. I've always said that the only reason abortion's still legal in this country is because unborn babies can't vote or don't pay taxes. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Elizabeth Johnson, author of Not on My Watch, How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom, ActivistMommy.org, and DayOfMourning.org for the rally that's planned in Richmond, Virginia this Saturday to uh, rail against the infanticide that's being pushed by Governor Ralph Northam and, and mm-hmm. others in the state. Well, But, you know, Let's give them their credit. They they do they do care about cruelty to animals. Elizabeth, Dogs and cats are protected, but not babies. Unbelievable. Elizabeth Johnston, keep up God's work. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you for having me. God bless. You bet. Still to come on this Bill Cunningham show on this Thursday afternoon, waiting the word on DNA results. Steve Gorham, executive director of the Climate Science Coalition. More on the Green New Deal. And later on, Rachel Alexander, on the left's next move after the Mueller report, they've been busy subpoenaing all all day long. And and now now they want the president's tax records. (laughs) It relates back to a 1924 law on the books that said that Congress may ask for any American citizen's tax records if it has something to do with legislation they're passing. So I wonder what kind of legislation they're passing where they need and demand the president's tax records. Just curious. Take a break and come back. 702 Milford. Gary Jeff Walker voting a solid yay or nay on issues because I'm not a spineless, gutless Democrat in the Senate when it comes to the Green New Deal vote. 43 presents, (laughs) which is kind of gift wrapping for people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the famed AOC. Any more, uh, more on the Green New Deal in just a few minutes with Steve Gorham and uh, at 206, Rachel Alexander. And what's next for the left after the Mueller report? It was interesting to see video of Jerry Nadler from 1998 in the wake of the Kenneth Starr report, the special counsel who investigated Whitewater and Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and all of that. 
and his comments in 1998 about releasing unredacted documents and grand jury testimony, which by law they're not allowed to do. It's a special counsel's discretion, and he's not allowed to release information that could be damaging to sources that were used or image innocent people or grand jury testimony, which is what the Democrats are subpoenaing now in the, in the Mueller report, and he's the head. So it's interesting to see Jerry Nadler in 1998. Lost a lot of weed. He, he looks better. But he just sounds more stupid and hypocritical than ever now in 2019. That being said, Matt, do we have uh, Miss AOC? This was something was there was something that was sent to me at Gary Jeff Walker at 700WLW.com, a live stream of the freshman congresswoman, the one who purportedly had a 430 credit score and yet is on the House Finance Committee. <laughs> she really knows how to manage money. I'm glad she's in charge of ours. But here she is. Uh, she's apparently putting together IKEA furniture while drinking wine, eating popcorn, and pontificating on her place in American history. Here's AOC. She's screwdriverless. Go ahead. How many years until the world ends again? We have 12 years left to cut emissions by at least 50% if not more. And for everyone who wants to make a joke about that, you may laugh, but your grandkids will not. So understand that the internet documents everything. And for all those people, you know, you want to look about, you want to talk about looking in the back of history, looking backwards. You look back and you open history books on the civil rights movement and you see those folks who are protesting against the ability for African Americans and black Americans to have the right to vote. And they would hold up these bigoted signs and they would hold up signs that said things like, what about white rights and like all of this stuff in, 19, in the 1950s, 1960s. So just know that in the present day, there are a lot of people who hide the fact that their families and that their grandparents fought against, against principles of equal rights. Not a hundred years ago, not 80 years ago, but in this generation's lifetime. So just know that while a lot of people can hide that their grandparents did that in the civil rights movement, you should also know that the internet documents everything and your grandchildren will not be able to hide the fact that you fought against acknowledging and taking bold actions on climate change. And people who are trying to mock and delay this moment, I mean, I just feel bad for you. I just pity you for your role in history right now. Unbelievable. Trying to put together IKEA furniture, forgot the screwdriver. She didn't have the popcorn. And really, you know, that's that's another component of this is listening to her try and talk this idiocy that she just spouts out from God knows where with popcorn in her mouth and she's sipping on her wine. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to get an apartment? I don't get a check for three months. 
on the Finance Committee of the House of Representatives. She's on the right side of history. Whatever alternate universe of history she's looking at, she's on the right side of it. There's no question. Steve Gorham on the Green New Deal and progressives saying no to meat. Without meat, Willie wouldn't have a new heart valve. Thank you. Cows are good. 700 double credit. On the day I was born, the nurses all gathered round. They gazed in wide wonder at the joy they had found. The head nurse spoke up, said, leave this one alone. She could tell right away that I was bad to the bone. Into another hour of this Bill Cunningham show as we await word on Willie and his procedure. They were going through what? His ephemeral artery through his leg? Up to the heart to replace a faulty valve. Thank God it wasn't open heart surgery, you know? It's a lot less invasive, but still, nonetheless, nonetheless, we're, uh, you know, on pins and needles here, waiting word. To make sure the great American is, in fact, still great, still intact, and will be coming back. And we trust that he will, from all indications. Gary Jeff sitting in for Bill Cunningham. As we move into this next hour of the show here on 700WLW, online at 700WLW.com, on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Joining us now, my friend Steve Gorham from the Climate Science Coalition, executive director thereof, and author of uh, numerous books. On actual climate science, not made up climate science, not consensus climate science that has got its roots and its uh, ambitions in things besides the environment and what is real and what is man-made and what is sustainable as far as energy goes. The two books uh, that I'm aware of, it's A Mad, Mad, Mad World of Climatism and Outside the Green Box. Uh, which uh, is Rethinking Sustainable Development. Steve Gorham, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Gary, Jeff. I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I pray that uh, the Lord God will guide the hands of the doctors for Willie. Absolutely. Absolutely. The great American. We cannot do without him. And uh, we want him to be well. And, and human human me. health is a real problem, unlike uh, some other things which are cast about by the media, unfortunately. <laughs> Last week, the Green New Deal went up for a vote in the Senate. Yeah. Voted down 57 to nothing because the Democrats, almost all of them, save for three or four who voted nay, voted present, which is the same thing as a no vote. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Even those presidential candidates who have come out for it uh, have decided that uh, when it push, wasn't, when, wasn't worth Yeah, when push for. came to shove, they're not going to put themselves out in, in that realm. Um, and, uh, you know, so they turned out to be spineless when Mitch McConnell held their feet to the fire and ordered that vote on, on this legislation that I think you and I would both agree does nothing to help the environment and does everything to destroy the American economy. Correct. That's correct. 57 to zero voted down. There is no evidence that driving electric cars or building wind turbines or changing our light bulbs will have the slightest effect on global temperatures. There's no political leader that can tell you what any of these programs will have in the way of any kind of an effect. And more and more evidence is showing that that is probably going to be an unmeasurable 
uh, effect. All these measures we're putting into place is probably unmeasurable with regard to global temperatures. Now, Steve Gorham, how then do the proponents of these proposals continue to tell us that the science is clear? How can they say that with a straight face when it certainly is not clear that man is having an adverse effect on the planet and its climate? Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's, uh, it's, but that's, uh, that's pow- the drumbeat over and over and over again. It's a powerful superstition, and it's broadcast. The media is behind it. We have uh, more than 180 heads of state of the nations. Most of our leading universities, most of the Fortune 500 companies have capitulated. But more and more evidence shows that... Uh, Global temperatures are dominated by natural factors uh, driven by the sun, effects of the oceans, and humans have a very, very small part in all of this. Well, what are the actual, uh, this data that you're, you're citing? Where is well, that coming off, from, and, and, and how do we, how do we uh, verify that? First off, every climate temperature measurement system in the world we'll all agree that we've had one degree of warming since 1880, 0.8 degrees Celsius or 1.4 degrees uh, Fahrenheit since 1880, one degree uh, in the last uh, few... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In few decades, we've had a tenth of a degree of change. Nobody can feel this. There's very little in the environment that changes with this sort of a change. Yet you hear all these things, you know, the world's going to end in 12 years. Forest fires in California are being caused because the, the forests are hotter. Yet they're one or two-tenths of a degree hotter. Is, is any rational person supposed to accept that? The storms are stronger. The evidence doesn't show that. So this is way, way blown out of proportion by uh, advocates, uh, by media, by superstition, a lot of other things going on. The actual numbers are tiny. Oh, I've seen some of the actual statistics on deaths caused by wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. I mean, we had the awful tsunami, obviously, in in Indonesia. That was a one-off event, and that was caused by an earthquake, which you can't say is can be blamed on man and fossil fuels. It was a natural occurrence, but as far as actual Violent storms and uh, wildfires, many, many thousands more people were killed 100 years ago than yeah, in, the in those occurrences of, today. The, the, the percentage of people dying uh, through the last 100 years has been declining, dying from disasters. I mean, those, those data are clear. If you look at hurricanes last year, we had a, a couple hurricanes that make landfall. That is an average for the United States. On average, since 1900, we've had two hurricanes make landfall in the United States. And so it's a very average year. Yet all these people run out and go, my gosh, this is due to your neighbor's SUV. This is due to uh, the things we're doing in agriculture, all the rest. It's uh, it, it's nothing short of superstition. You know, we're, we're now afraid of the weather. Did you hear about that uh, that course? Out in, uh, uh, where was it here, Washington uh, Washington State College, 
The now, course is what's titled, the course? It's titled Environmental Anxiety and Climate Grief, Building Resilience in the Age of Consequences. <laughs> and the students are supposed to come to this class, and they're supposed to spend an hour each week outside in nature in a quiet place, and they're supposed to write about what they see, see and feel. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> this is really pretty... Amazing stuff. I hope people aren't paying uh, tens of thousands of uh, dollars toward this uh, sort of an education. Well, it, it, it is always the touchy-feely or how something makes you feel over actual facts. and that's, Rather than statistics. That's, that's right. That's where most leftist <laughs> agenda comes from in general. Um, I wanted to ask you about – now, you wrote the book Outside the Green Box, and we've talked about that. Yep. And it's about rethinking sustainable development. What are – Outside of carbon-based fuels, what are the best guesses about uh, what would be the next thing to provide energy for us? And and what would be the the most fiscally responsible and would make the most sense? Well, um, I don't know if we're really sure yet. We have, you know, energy transitions take decades to centuries, a very, very long time. I mean, I've just well. We've uh, only got we've only got twelve years left. See, we better get on this. Twelve years left. Yeah, these things don't happen quickly. Um, uh, For example, natural gas is a great fuel. Natural gas consumption has increased by six times since 1965 uh, worldwide. It's the consumption of natural gas has doubled in the U.S. It's increased by a factor of ten in Europe. It's or fourteen in Europe. It's increased by a factor of over a hundred in Asia. People are using a lot more natural gas, very, very clean. When you burn it, the biggest waste product is water, water vapor. Unfortunately, though, people are trying to ban it because it puts out a little bit of carbon dioxide. Uh, We still, we have, uh, you know, we have fusion on the way, although it always seems to be on the way, a very, very tough, uh, tough thing. You need to have uh, millions of degrees of temperature and pressure, and and we don't know how to solve those problems. And the question is, is it going to be cost-effective Boy, the, uh, natural gas is, is the measure to compare against now, and nuclear is having very trouble, uh, a lot of trouble holding up in every other fuel. What about, what about hi- hydrogen cell technology? Well, hydrogen, you know, is, is, hydrogen is sort of like electricity. It's a, it's a vehicle to deliver energy. It's not energy by itself. Electricity doesn't exist in nature except for lightning. Neither does hydrogen. You have to create hydrogen. It's, it's uh, locked in uh, water. Uh, there really isn't much hydrogen in the atmosphere even. So you have to create hydrogen fuel, and that takes energy to do, yep. which makes it uh, pretty much at the moment it's, it's a negative energy sort of thing. You use all this energy to split water, create hydrogen gas, and then if you want to put it in cars, then you use it. But it's, uh, it's not energy effective. It, you don't get as much energy out as you put in. So... Uh, we really don't have anything that measures up real well with hydrocarbons right now, except possibly uh, uh, hydro po- hydroelectric power from dams is great, but we've dammed almost all of the of the useful areas across the nation and and in, in other parts of the world. So, and again, when and you and I have talked about this before, Steve. When the wind doesn't blow, when the sun doesn't shine, then you've got to have those backup systems to maintain the power grid, and and your wind up. Uh, spending twice as much energy just to, to sustain a, 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 a level that is necessary. Well, that's it. There, uh, renewals are intermittent. I like to use the example of, of uh, uh, two employees, uh, Mr. Green and Mr. Brown. If you, you know, if you uh, 
Mr. Browns are like the hydrocarbon fuels. He comes to work every day, every single day. Maybe you got to pay him ten bucks an hour. Mr. Green, you can pay uh, seven bucks an hour, but he comes one or two days a week, and you never know when he's going to show up. Uh, would you ever hire an employee like that? Uh, obviously, you wouldn't if you're running a company, but that's what we want our utilities to do. We want them to use a f- fuel that shows up one or two days a week, and uh, you never know what days it's going to be there. Sure. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't uh, run factories on that. You can't heat homes on that. Uh, so this push for 100% renewable. By the way, uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, committed to 100% renewable, you get 3% of your energy from renewables in Ohio right now. It's it's like nothing. Nobody knows how to do this cost effectively. Well, and then there's the subject of meat. Uh, oh, meat, yeah. meat consumption <laughs> under attack. The target is on the bull. The bullseye is the objective of the people who would have us all beating, eating plant-based foods overnight. So talk, yeah, talk we, to me about we, this. If we eat beans, we can stop the oceans from rising. You know, no, not with, all the, not with all the extra <laughs> methane that's going to be generated by us eating beans. That, yeah, that gas right. has to go somewhere. But you're right. Burger King is now uh, they're trialing a new meatless uh, a Whopper. So uh, <laughs> it's, a whopper, it's a Whopper of a lie is what it is, Steve. Well, I think they make it out of some kind of material. It's you know, it's not really a natural thing, I don't think. But and uh, you know, I and there is a big segment of the population that believes this stuff now, that thinks uh, thinks we can uh, save the planet by eating meat. You know, the, the crazy thing, by, though, again, by not eating meat. By not eating meat. Yeah, if you look around the world, though, meat consumption is another thing that's skyrocketing. All the data says that. Every nation, as they get more wealthy, they put aside the, you know, the peas and the beans, and they want to eat more meat. I mean, you've seen that all over the world, and uh, so that's that's what people want to do, uh, right or wrong. Uh, very high quality protein. It does have some bad side effects, of course. People tend to get overweight, but that's what that's what populations want to do. And again, there is no evidence that uh, that eating beans or eating uh, burgers that that uh, come from vegetable matter are going to have the slightest effect on global temperatures or the environment. Cory Booker, also a presidential candidate along with U.S. Senator, was sharing his journey to a vegetarian diet. He warns the tragic reality is this planet simply can't sustain billions of people consuming industrially produced animal agriculture because of environmental impact. And where where's his where's his facts to back that up? See, that's the crazy thing. Um, uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez has talked about uh, about agriculture factories as well. But but these factories are are so productive as as they call them. These these uh, high yield agriculture, uh, high yield uh, uh, meat producing uh, industries that we have are so efficient that we are now using less land. We've packed, we have passed what's called peak agricultural land. Uh, that happened about 2000, and over the last 18 years, the amount of land in use has been declining, pasture land and agriculture. So, uh, Cory Booker and, uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez should be thanking these factories because we have, we are so productive now, we can save more land for nature, and indeed even return land to nature. So I'm all for, uh, these, uh, agriculture factories. Well, you know, in the United Nations, always at the heart of these globalist transfer of wealth movements like this one, 
United Nations environmental program calls for a great food transformation. Yep. Uh, the statement is, there are more of us, we're getting wealthy, and we're demanding more protein-rich feeds, foods such as meat. In the long run, this is simply not sustainable. And again, you decided why it's probably more sustainable than ever. Because well, we've is, become so. so efficient at raising agricultural animal product. Yep, high-yield agriculture. We're, in the United States, for example, corn, we are, we are using less land for corn today, even though we are putting a whole lot into ethanol, than we did in 1918. That's when land for corn production peaked. And we're producing 10 times the amount of corn that we did in 1918. So these, uh, everybody ought to be a fan of high-yield agriculture. It's not destroying the planet, and it is allowing us to use less and less land and save more land for nature. It's a great thing. Well, it's because it's it's big business and it's corporations, and we all know that they are inherently evil, according to the left. Yeah, that is the attack on big agriculture, Monsanto and some of these other folks, uh, evil, evil. But, you know, it's, uh, agriculture is a very competitive market, and uh, if, uh, if they're do, doing something that's wrong or if people, if people want to eat uh, vegetable uh, burgers, there's, we have a free market, uh, places will... Uh, produce those, and people can eat that if that's what they want to eat. That's all great, but just just don't think it's saving the climate. I mean, there's there's no evidence of that at all. I want to see AOC actually trying to raise chickens. That would be better than an old Lucy episode, I think. It's, it's, have, <laughs> have her buddy Ill and Omar come over, and they're raising chickens, and things go awry <laughs> and get nutty. Oh, God, it'd be like Vita Vita Vegemin all over again. Steve Gorham, author of The Mad, Mad, Mad World of Climatism and Outside the Green Box, Rethinking Sustainable Development, Executive Director of the Climate Science Coalition. As always, a pleasure to talk to you. Are you confident that we're not going to die, the planet's not going to die in 12 years if we don't do well, something? Well, I am. I am confident that we're not going to die. I am concerned, though, that we have uh, more than 100 cities now saying they're going to go 100% renewable, and we have all these people trying to do all this stuff. And I'm afraid people are going to have to learn the hard way. They're going to see rising uh, energy costs uh, with nothing to show for it. So uh, I hope we don't get to that point, but uh, it looks like we have to learn the hard way on some of these things. Steve Gorham, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Jerry, Gary Jeff. All right. We've got a stooge report just ahead and still uh, to come. Rachel Alexander will also talk to Steve Claiborne. Who's Steve Claiborne? He is director of Brushy Creek Reserve which is a very special charity that marries the training of horses with the rehabilitation of our American veterans. Hope that piques your interest. We'll take a break for news and come back. 700 w- Hello. 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 Huh. Huh. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Go for you, bonehead. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, segment, we continue to monitor the situation, not only with the Timothy Pitson situation, waiting on DNA results, but waiting for results from the doctors who have our, our good friend, the great American Willie, in their care. Apparently, his procedure was going to begin at 930 this morning. We don't know if it got off to a, 
a prompt start or not, but it's been four hours since Willie was going to undergo this procedure to replace his heart valve, and we have no word as of yet. Probably not surprising Gary Jeffy comes running in here in his hospital gown with an IV and rips the microphone out of my hand. I need to talk to my people. Need to talk to the American people right now. Right now. You know, he hates he hates being away. I know that. The only reason that he ever is gone outside of something. Surprise me. He's not not on in the recovery room. Something that is, you know, could be. A serious thing. I mean, anytime you're having heart surgery, it's not a procedure you take lightly. But the only other time he's away is when his wife, the judge, the people's judge, drags him to Florida and makes him stay away. And even then, he can't stay away. Willie loves being Willie. He loves doing this show. He loves the American people. He is the voice of the common man and woman, as he states, even though I'm much more common than he is. Uh, so it's it's odd that he would miss any time at all. You're right. I'm surprised that they didn't, iHeartMedia didn't find a way to pipe in a microphone into the theater, the operation theater, so Willie could give us a play-by-play of what's going on. Maybe the operation will be on his blog. I love black men. I love straight white guys. And I love uh, gay white guys. Okay. Gary Jeff, the uh, Stooge Reporter, is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers... Tempstar, quality you can feel in southeastern Indiana. Call Joe Eckstein at Eckstein Heating and Cooling at 812-932-2026. Hey, Seg, you know the the time that I had the guy in, my friend from Ripley brought the guy in just so he could say Tempstar on the Stooge Reports? He wants to come back? Yes, and he's still talking about it. That was like the highlight of his entire life. You are regarded as a radio god to him. Maybe that ought to be a promotion. Come say Tempstar with Seg and on the Willie. Stooge Report. That would that would be a great... You know what? Tempstar, if you're listening, all your associated affiliates, maybe this is something we can put together, get a little promotional money behind it. Get uh, Stephanie and Erica. And have, and have people just randomly register for the chance to come in and say, Tempstar! Tempstar! With you... You're right. That's an excellent idea. You should be in the PR department of one of these companies. Uh, also, uh, Gary Jeff, we want to thank Ron's Roost Restaurant oh, and Bar, man. the world's greatest fried chicken, 3850, 3853 Race Road at 5740222. Release the chicken. Celebrating 60 years on the good old West Side. And um, I love it. You know, they the- had uh, spaghetti and meatballs today, they had open face roast beef, Olga. chicken. Slaw. Pam everything. from Ron's Roost said, Correct. Olga makes what she feels like eating and then sends us some of it. Spaghetti and meatballs was the thing today. Bingo. They had the uh, what they have, the beef tips and noodles oh. last time I was in here. Man, that was phenomenal. Amen Superb. And I've got, a, I've got a piece of, I, I snagged the only piece of chocolate pie because, you know, there's nothing, Matt, this might be a cut. There's nothing Gary Jeff Walker likes better than chocolate pie. Also tonight, Ron's, they'll be rocking at Ron's Roost tonight because they got Sullivan and Jansen on stage tonight playing the music. Sullivan and Jansen. Is that Denny Jansen? Uh, yeah. No. No? no? no, no, You don't think it's Denny no, Jansen? I'm not sure he can sing. Does, does Denny play out he anymore? He can do sports and uh, rehab a home, but I'm not sure that uh, DJ can sing. Whether it's music, does he play it's out? Not Gary Sullivan, I don't think, is it? Gary Sullivan and Denny Jansen on yeah, stage at Ron's duo. Roost. With Jim Kelly Jr. playing guitar? Uh, around the house like the and Kingston around the Trio. roost. 
around the house and around the roost. Uh, Gary, Jeff, the uh, Reds open up the first road trip of the year tonight. First of four up against those Pirates in uh, PNC Park. Uh, 6.05 with uh, Lance of the Salvage Store USA Insight Pitch. Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after the game. An absolute uh, thrill a minute. Thank you, Marty. It'll be uh, Jordan Lyles up against Tyler Malley tonight. Great American Ballpark, maybe that is the albatross around the Reds' neck so far this season because, as you mentioned, they have not played away from home yet. Correct. Maybe this is what they need to turn them around to, as Tracy Jones would say, give them a slump buster. And I would bet Tracy Jones knows <laughs> there are lots of slump busters in Pittsburgh. They uh, those con- Reds' bats. Congratulations to the Cincinnati Cyclones as uh, Brabham Trophy uh, regular season champions of the ECHL after their win last night. Now the Clones have home ice advantage throughout the upcoming Kelly Cup playoffs. Reds, do you you. understand that the Cincinnati Cyclones are the only professional sports team that has won their league's championship not once but twice in this latest incarnation back in 2008 and 2010? There was not another Cincinnati professional or semi-professional minor league or college sports team that has won a championship. The Cyclones have won two in the last 11 years. They deserve more press. So I'm glad you gave them some some press prestige today in the Stooge Report. Uh, Lipscomb takes on Texas tonight for the NIT championship. Uh, 645 on Fox Sports 1360. Also, uh, the Bengals citing uh, offensive lineman Trey Hopkins today to a one-year deal. Uh, And also uh, Xavier. The men's basketball team's going to take a summer tour to Spain this August. Well, maybe they can win some games in Spain. Travis Steele's going to take his squad to Barcelona and Madrid August 7th through the 15th. You know what's great about Spain, Seg? Have you ever been to Spain? No. I haven't either, but I've talked to people that have been to Spain. The great like thing about... for the Spanish Grand Prix. No, for the tapas. You know what tapas are, aren't you? I have no idea. Tapas are little bites of food, like little appetizers, and they bring out trays as you're drinking whatever you're drinking at these bars and restaurants. Okay. And they're just little bites, basically, of delicious gourmet food, and they bring you out a tray. You'd love it, because there's little bites of everything, and you get to sample everything for one price, and you go to a tapas bar. Maybe that's why Xavier's going over there, to get him some food. Maybe maybe so, or, or like I said earlier, get a win somewhere. Lipscomb playing for the NIT championship with who? Correct. Texas. Texas. The chance to say, we're number 69. We're number 69. They're still playing. What about Mark Walton? Except for what? Four other teams? I know. What about Mark Walton turning himself into police in Florida now? Uh, He's uh, he's taken over as a one-man crime wave. Hey, I'm not going there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well. Three times? times, I I don't think he's going to. I'm not, I don't think he's going to be on the roster much longer. Pac-Man's gone. Somebody had to Correct. to take Vontes his place. Perfect, well, and Vontez Perfect's Mark gone. Trying to imitate him or something. Oh, uh, and other news today: the Alliance of American Football folded after eight weeks, and they left the players with no rides home. They just canceled their housing immediately. They're they're having to fend for their injuries on their own without help from their respective clubs because the clubs no longer exist. The thing folded. They got to get Obamacare. They folded like a cheap tent. The AAF. And here's the worst part of it: saying somebody else is without a gig today. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis. Right, he was doing TV. 
Marvin Lewis was doing analysis on TV for the Alliance of American Football, and now he is SOL as well on the unemployment line. It's not been a good year for Marvin. There's some good-looking logos in that uh, league there, Gary. Jeff, the Memphis <laughs> Express. It's about the only thing. I, I watched one game. Yeah, how was it? What was the quality of football? It was, uh, it was interesting, but, I mean, it's football. <laughs> Come on, guys. Thank you, Coach. No, but so Marvin Lewis, and I feel bad for Marvin. I mean, first he's gone from the so Bengals. Does this mean now the XFL's going to take over? The XFL? Is that coming back? I don't know. What have about you got the a, USFL? Have you got breaking news? What about USFL? Doug Flutie is no longer playing quarterback anywhere, Sig. Neither is Lapham. Lapham played for the Trumpster. And and one of one of the teams was owned by Donald Trump. He's in the White House. He's not allowed to own a professional football team, so I don't think there's any you hope know? of a USFL comeback. Never know. He could get Don Jr. maybe to step in and well, take hold of that. Then he'd get ripped even more for oh, absolutely. owning a team. Thank you, Anthony Weiner. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Segman. Yes, sir. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind, we'll close out with a little AOC as Seg brings us out of the Stooge Report. We have we have tape of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez trying to put together an Ikea table without a screwdriver as she eats popcorn and talks about how important she is. Go ahead, Segman. Uh, Gary Jeff, in honor of a uh, beautiful Thursday here in the Tri-State and the Reds and Pirates tonight in uh, Pittsburgh. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Your grandchildren will not be able to hide the fact that you fought against acknowledging and taking bold actions on climate change. That's right. Your grandchildren, Seg. Oh, boy. They're going to point the finger right at you. Okay. Because like you, I got a lot to do with climate change. Because you ate meat uh-huh. and you drove a polluting car. Contributing to the like digital, like the carbon people footprint. I'm looking out the window, they're, they're not part of it either? No. No, oh. it's, it's just you. Oh, okay. And your, your grandchildren will blame you. those other cars over there not polluting anything? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's just Seg. Well, there's got to be somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Seg, man. You're welcome. Uh, coming up next, we have Steve Claiborne from Brushy Creek. Uh, Brushy Creek, and it, it is a charity, a nonprofit that marries the training of horses with veterans trying to return to society here on 700 WLW. There's a bunch going on in the news. We got our takes, then listen to yours. If you ain't never tried it, then you should. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. Try to lighten things up, because everyone could use a good laugh. If you ain't never tried it, then you should. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. As funny as the chimps at the zoo, just without the poo throwing. <laughs> this afternoon at 3 on 700 WLW. For the last 27 years, may I say more than a quarter of a century, John Barrett in Western and Southern has been the title sponsor of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society's Local Walk MS. This year's walk is on Saturday, April the 27th, beginning at Sawyer Point with registration at 8.30, the walk itself about 10 a.m. Multiple sclerosis is a chronic, unpredictable disease of the central nervous system that can cause a lack of mobility and a wide range of other symptoms. Most people are diagnosed with MS between the ages of 20 and 50. Together, we can make a difference and hopefully find a cure for MS. Western and Southern is committed to improving the quality of health care in greater Cincinnati. MS is a life-changing disease that can greatly affect your life. Together, with Western and Southern, we can make Cincinnati great and help with the effort to find a cure for MS. Bill Milford. Back into the Bill Cunningham Show on this Thursday, April 4th. Gary Jeff filling in for Willie on 700 WLW. Joining us on the line, Steve Claiborne from Brushy Creek Reserve, 
Good afternoon, Mr. Claiborne. How are you? Good afternoon, Gary. So, Steve, is a, you're a veteran, and you, you want to be a cowboy, <laughs> and that's kind of the genesis of all this. Tell me about Brushy Creek Reserve and why it got started. I uh, started giving back to the veteran community about six or seven years ago, working with another nonprofit. Um, I got involved in working with Mustangs, uh, training them. It's absolutely so intriguing. We have vets coming out from the VA uh, facility in, in northern Kentucky. That, and I watched these guys as they reacted, guys and girls, as they reacted to to the experience. Uh, and you could see amazing things happen in, in, in terms of the range of emotions. So it got to the point where I just had to do it myself. I was intrigued with it. So uh, we ended up buying a farm, and uh, I keep a couple of horses now, and started Brushy Creek Reserve about a year ago. Uh, the idea was to work with the uh, Hamilton County uh, Vet Court and also with uh, juveniles from the Hamilton County Court. So I've taken um, the last year to work with uh, random veterans who want to come in and let, let us polish our program. And, and now what I see is exactly what I expected to see is there's a certain communication that goes on between the horse and the individual. And if you, if you adapt your behavior to accommodate the horse, they're going to learn. And uh, that connection is one that the veterans – seem to be hesitant to make. So you get a quid pro quo kind of relationship going where the horse appreciates what what the veteran was doing, the veteran appreciates what the horse is doing, and you walk away with a glow. Well, you know, it's it's not odd that this this happens because many of our veterans today, I mean, the, the suicide rate is just unbelievable, Steve. It's so sad. Uh, yep. The PTSD instances, the, there just seem to be less and less of an answer for and more and more of a need for solving connections between animals and people. That's why they bring service dogs into senior citizen centers. That's why this is why they bring service animals to connect with kids who have some learning disabilities. It, there seems to be this unspoken telepathic connection between animals yeah. and human beings, when you're working with them and you're working towards a goal for the animal, you're really working towards a goal for yourself. You said you worked with the Hamilton County Vets Court, and uh, that that's an organization that I totally believe needs to be in place around the country. We need to have veterans courts so they can mitigate you know, some minor drug offense without having to send our veterans who have served their country so proudly and so well to jail or to uh, marginalize them. So, I mean, do you get... Referrals from the Hamilton County Veterans Court for people well, who come I'm to brush it. Well, I've got a meeting coming up next week um, with uh, Judge Greenberg's court, uh, representative from his court, which are the, the misdemeanor that's uh, from Vet Court. Yeah. Uh, I sat in on a court session with it. And uh, I'm, I'm fairly critical of the rigid. Um, interaction between law enforcement, uh, the courts, 
and and the veterans. And I'm not saying that that anyone's wrong in it. I just see that there's a there's a different ounce of, of sensitivity to make all the difference in the world. So these guys have been given an opportunity, and they're supported by a whole team, including including psychiatrists, uh, the parole officers, other people from the VA, to and they've got a very busy schedule. So they're doing lots and lots of things for one year while they're under the guidance of the court. This is an option for them, and the judges are extremely supportive, uh, especially Judge uh, Missy, uh, Judge Missy, um, mm, um, she used to be the, uh, the vet court, but she's now working with juveniles. Okay. And she was the first one that I know of that was actually engaging with a facility like mine uh, to get the vets into an alternative program. And I, I think that it's working really, really well. They don't report to me on those results, but uh, I have total confidence in, in watching the vets, and I just finished working with one this morning, uh, in, in where they go, especially the self-esteem, which to me is the most critical um, you component know, yeah. denominator. It is, is, you know, they, they just, they've been, they've been um, treated in such a way that uh, that doesn't build their self-esteem. And I've experienced it myself. Um, people are very judgmental. Even though they say they support the vets, people are very judgmental towards the vets. For example, if, if a vet acts out a little bit, and I'm not talking serious, the first thing people want to do is call the police. Call the police. Well, they're not always well advised on how to handle that particular situation. And the vet's behavior is unique to them. So I said, I just can't, I got it. You know, this is what I want to do. I get a thrill out of it. I get an intense sense of satisfaction from it. And I watch this stuff change their behavior right before my very eyes. That's wonderful work you're doing. Steve Claiborne, Brushy Creek Reserve is the name of this. And it's a combination of, of equine training and veterans Coming home yeah. and finding purpose and finding self-esteem, and you know it, it helps both the animal and the man or woman. Steve Claiborne, how can people get involved if they like to? Well, I've got uh, a Facebook page which is Brushy Creek Reserve. Brushy Creek I've Reserve. I've got a website which is BrushyCreekReserve.com. Um, I have a GoFundMe page. Okay. Uh, also, and. Um, just routine donations, you know, it's like Bernie Sanders, you know, $5 at a time can add up. So donations are key. That's the only way I exist. So, right. so, so just as long as we make this clear, none of the donations coming to Brushy Creek Reserve are going to go to Bernie Sanders, correct? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, good. Me and said, hey, can I get some? I said, no, Bernie. Come on. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. And I, I wish you well and good luck with uh, Brushy Creek Reserve. Great work with well, veterans training horses and horses training veterans. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. News just ahead on 700 WLW. Into another hour of this Bill Cunningham show, waiting for word on Willie and his medical procedure that was to have been done this morning. We will bring you breaking news when we have it.
Also, a worry, uh, waiting breaking news on a DNA test that was done on a man, a young man, teenager claiming to be Timothy Pitson, who he says was abducted eight years ago at the age of six after his mother left him with someone and then committed suicide. He was found in Newport, wandering around needing hospital attention, medical attention, and claiming to be this young man who's been missing from his family in Aurora, Illinois, for eight years. So all that still may happen between now and 3 o'clock. Right now, though, we welcome in from the stream Rachel Alexander on why Democrats will stop at nothing to take down President Trump with their new probe in the Southern District of New York courts after the release of the Mueller report, or at least the summary by Attorney General uh, William Barr. After he got in his hands, he issued a four-page summary that showed that there was no collusion or conspiring with any government, Russian government entity by President Trump or his campaign. And joining us now is Rachel Alexander. Good afternoon, Rachel. No, good afternoon to you. All right, so uh, the first reaction outside of the shock and some people on the left in, in news outlets crying, weeping openly because it, their two-year condemnation of the president without any evidence, without any facts on Russian collusion was that there was none, uh, although the attorney general said in his summary that there was no exoneration of President Trump, nor was there any recommendations for indictment of President Trump on obstruction of justice charges, which, of course, if they could say that there was some kind of obstruction of justice on behalf of the president after this witch hunt was launched, it would be because of the witch hunt itself. But anyway, uh, no indictments. The president not fully exonerated, but certainly exonerated of and his campaign exonerated with, with colluding with the Russian government or the president being a Russian agent is so many surmised because they wanted it so badly to be true. But the next step was we're not done with this. And, of course, the investigations and the subpoenas have continued uh, by Democrats who are now in charge of the House of Representatives. So where are we at this point? Well, we are at Democrats exploring all their options, and like you said, one of their main ones they're turning now to is this independent office in the Southern District of New York, the the U.S. District Attorney's Office. They have a reputation for doing what they want. They can investigate anything they want related to the president. They're not just limited to collusion or or obstruction of justice. And so um, they're going full at it. There's 12 investigations going on right now. And, you know, with Trump, they're looking into things like hush money payments, lies about a real estate project in Russia, and bank charity tax and bank fraud. Um, so that's just the big one. Um, I should mention, too, Democrats are also um, saying we're not going to make any conclusions until the actual report comes out. You know, they're trying to get the whole report released, which isn't going to happen because some of it is, you know, secret grand jury testimony that can't be released. Well, the attorney general cannot legally release grand jury testimony uh, to the people or, or Congress and, and can't name people who were not indicted or considered innocent. I mean... And, and you can't you can't damage possible sources of information, intelligence informants and information. Those names have to be redacted, don't they, by law, by code? Yeah, the Democrats are just grandstanding. You know, they'll probably get most of the report, but they're not going to get the redacted parts. They're supposed to be redacted. And then um, Democrats have some other investigations going on as well, like two uh, 
Democrat attorneys general in D.C. and Maryland also have their own investigation looking into the emoluments clause, which bars um, gifts from foreign officials, and they're trying to claim that foreign officials staying in the Trump Hotel constitutes an emolument, but that's not true because that's a business exchange. That's not a gift. Right. Well, you know, you, you want to talk about the emoluments clause. Does that only relate to the president or anyone in federal office? As far as I know, it's anyone in federal office. So they haven't started any investigations into Uranium One and payments to the Clinton Foundation after the deal was approved by then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, uh, allowing 20 percent of America's uranium be sold to a, a Russian energy uh, company that obviously is tied to the Kremlin. Because all, all those kind of big businesses find their way back into the oligarchy at some point or another. So why aren't they investigating that? Well, I'm writing another article right now on how when all that was going down and Republicans were calling for those investigations over the last couple of years, the Democrats just said, that's a distraction. You're trying to distract from the real Russian collusion investigation, which we know now wasn't true. So obviously Trump was not trying to distract from it. Well, if we know that under the auspices of Hillary Clinton, who was head of the DNC and the anointed candidate in 2016, we know that her campaign and the DNC paid a foreign agent, Christopher Steele, to get through Russian sources dirt on President Trump, which was then used to get FISA court warrants four different times and blame someone like Carter Page, who was a Trump campaign advisor, as a Russian operative or a spy. We found out that none of this was corroborated or true or verified, and they use it to get these illegal, many would say, FISA court warrants to wiretap Carter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Page, and then tie, it, tie him somehow to the president. So, I mean, isn't that real Russian collusion? Sounds like it to me. If Hillary, you know, put the wheels spinning, to it was in order to influence the election. So um, that, you know, combined with the fact that you know none of this came true, um, shows that it was a, a fishing expedition. It was trumped up charges, and um, I, I mean, it should be looked into. Well, it was opposition research, and and all campaigns do opposition research, but to to blame the president's campaign as somehow. This was illegal, taking uh, a meeting with uh, Donald Trump Jr. at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer who said she had dirt on Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, which we found out she didn't. Uh, This all fed into this narrative, and I don't know why they're still – and even today, even with the release of the summary by William Barr and what will surely be released by as early as next middle of next week uh, of the Mueller report – New York Times today reporting that some of Mueller's investigators have told associates that the attorney general failed to adequately portray the findings of their inquiry and that they were more troubling for President Trump than Mr. Barr indicated. So they still haven't given up on the Mueller report. 
No, no, just like the Democrats. They're just holding out that there's going to be some juicy tidbit in there that they can, you know, shake their fist at. And, you know, it, it doesn't sound like there's going to be anything major. It's just going to be, you know, small little things. Doesn't it seem, though, and, I, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, too, since uh, actually the kicking and screaming that went on because Donald Trump did beat Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. There was too much money and time invested in getting Hillary elected. And there's been so much money and time invested in trying to hang the president up, a duly elected president, and take him down in his first two years in office, that that's why they can't give it up. It's kind of like if a drug dealer gives you $2 million worth of product to sell, and six months later he doesn't have the money and you don't have the product— you're in trouble. And and the only reason that Hillary Clinton is in, in more trouble is she's so high profile, they can't take her out. But they've still got to kick and scream, and they've still got to make the argument that President Trump did something amiss to win the election, not that he was the more favorable candidate of the two. So they've, And they've invested all this money in this investigation of something that obviously wasn't there, the stated mission of the Mueller special counsel, don't, don't you think it's a part of it that they've invested so much time and money in it they can't give it up now? Yeah, and they think it's going to be an issue for them to run, you know, in 2020. And I say more power to them because I think now that the Mueller report, report has exonerated Trump, they are going to look stupid. And I think it's actually going to hurt their election chances. Oh, I, I believe so, too. And, and I've said all along this could backfire very much if they keep doubling down on a narrative that proves not to be true, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Now, the Southern District of New York, as I understand it, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, if they call for any indictments or grand jury subpoenas, they are, ab- they are above the power of the president to pardon anyone. Are they, are they not? You said they, um, they do what I they would- want. I wouldn't say that, and they can't indict a sitting president. I mean, that's been precedent. No, I understand that, but indictments of those around President Trump just because they were friendly with President Trump. I mean, we've seen what happened to Roger Stone, you know, more more play there than just his association with the president. But all of these associated, these so-called process crimes that came out of the Mueller investigation, the Democrats always, 34 indictments against people. Okay, 25 of them or more were Russians who you're never going to touch because they're in Russia and we don't have extradition to hold their feet to the fire. And the other indictments brought about by Robert Mueller's investigation had nothing to do with the campaign. They're all people associated with the president, correct? That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we can read your work on the stream. Is that correct? You bet. Stream.org. Stream.org. Rachel Alexander, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you. All right. 513-749-7000 and 1-800-843-2441 if you'd like to appear on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Gary Jeff in for Willie on 700. Still awaiting word on Bill Cunningham, his medical status after his procedure this morning to replace a heart valve. Perhaps Seg will have something for us at the Stooge Report after the bottom of the hour. 513-749-7000, pound 700 on AT&T, freebie. Gary, Jeff, in for Willie, and on the line, Chris from Westchester. Hello, Chris. 
Good afternoon, my friend. How are you, buddy? I'm well. How are you? I'm always in a good mood. That way it keeps me guessing. <laughs> What's <laughs> on your mind? What you were just talking about, it, it, is, it is It's a sad situation. I mean, they are literally, let me see, they lost the election. Okay, let's find a hooker, a porn star, let's see if we can get him with it. Okay, that didn't work. All right, let's try this collusion thing and make it last year. Okay, damn it, that didn't work. Okay, was there any kind of uh, rush? Nope, damn, that didn't work. Let's try to get his tax again. Well, damn, that didn't work again either. Hmm, I wonder what we can. So, you know what? You know how they say they're grasping for straws at this point? Yes. The, the sad thing is. The little straws that they're grasping for are those little, you know, those little annoying coffee stir sticks. Oh, that yeah. have a little, they're, they're a pain in the butt to pick up, and if you spill them on the floor, you find them five years later in, you know, spots you never knew they could work their way into. And but, to enjoy them, really, you have to suck very hard. Yeah, and you got to grab like five or six of them to get any kind of a stir motion going in your. Sure. It, it's just, it's so sad that they are literally doing and trying everything they can. To bring this man down, like I said, you don't have to like him. That doesn't mean he's not a good president. He's doing a damn good job. He's kept four of his five promises, and they're fighting him tooth and nail on this last one. Why? Because they don't like him. Yep. Oh, they don't like the guy. They, they don't like what he says. They at don't like how he talks. At first it was TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. Now it's yes. BT because it's Trump syndrome. Pretty much, and, and that's the sad thing. It's, it's, they it's just sad. don't, they are going to try any, I am literally waiting for them to come up with the story of the alien hooker came from Venus that somehow mated with Bigfoot's offspring and they were found in collusion with Trump. So I, they, at some point, a National Enquirer story has got to come out because they tried everything else. Good points. Thank you. Nick and Cobedale got a minute and a half for you, buddy. I'll be fast. The, uh, there's a story. It's either in a book or it's in an article. And I didn't know this. You remember how the politicians could make money when they're smart? Our, our dumb boy on the first, uh, US, or first out of Ohio doesn't even do the insider trading, but they can all do their insider trading and hide it for 90 days, right? Yep. Well, Biden, when he was Veep underneath Obama, did an official state visit to mainland China. Biden's son happens to be an investment banker, a broker, okay? You're not talking about the son who died, are you? No, I don't think so. I think it's the one still alive. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not doing a sympathy game. But here's the point. He went on this official state visit, which means he was on Air Force Two or whatever was being used. and He was on on the taxpayer, darn yeah, well, no, no. He had to pay for the. He probably had to pay for the damn flight at the commercial rate, which okay. is ridiculously low. So the point is, he went on over, and apparently, while Biden was doing his official state visit, and his son was theoretically just like walking around and seeing China and sure. the tourists, taking a tour. Yeah. Well, he turned around and he met the main Chinese people, and their atomic energy company invested something like two hundred million dollars into his little investment firm for him to exclusively you know, manage. I, and then I, him what to buy. I, I will revisit that and look at it. Thanks for uh, bringing it up. Appreciate it, Nick. I'll check it out because I'm not sure uh, about any of that. News, then a Stooge report and a special guest as we continue on the Bill Cunningham Show. And this Thursday, April 4th, 2019, $700. Hello. 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 
quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Don't fall, you bonehead. Oh, my guy. Sick, you and I talked about this last hour, and we have our first contestant of, I want to say, Tempstar with Seg on the Stooge Report. Oh, by the way, Gary Jeff. In studio, yes. Uh, all uh, Alliance of American football players. Yeah. You know, you were talking now they're homeless. Right. They don't have jobs. Sure. All AAF players are now authorized to sign with any team in the National Football League. So maybe the Bengals can find a running back when they get rid of Mark. Uh, maybe they Crime, can find a linebacker. Mark uh, Crime Wave Walton. Maybe they can find a linebacker. That'd be even more crucial to their success or failure in the upcoming season. That's true. And they better, so. they better be drafting somebody somebody great because you're without Montez Perfect. they can't Perfect. get that kid from Kentucky, Josh Allen. Yeah, that'd be nice. Good player. That'd be sweet. Maybe they, they can, can trade up. Trade up to get him. That was You took, the words, you took the words Do right what? out of my mouth. Trade up. Trade what? up. What? That's right. For the player you need. That fits your needs. They only got 75 draft picks and seven rounds down there. What? They have 75 picks? Seems like it. What are they going to do? What, they I mean, they ele- can draft, draft three more teams. They got they got 11 picks. So. Well, I think they got a few more compensatory picks. Oh, see, Matt Steinman didn't consider that. Compensatory picks. It seems like every year they pick like 70 times or something. <laughs> and all for naught. Segman. Yes, what Gary are, is, Jeff. Is Marvin Lewis authorized to sign with any NFL club now? Because he lost his gig in the AAF as well. Yeah, he'll probably end up with Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the CBS uh, booth. I don't think so. You think so? No, I don't think so. Well, he's such a dynamic personality anyway. Those press conferences were just, oh my God, they were a laugh a minute with Marvin. Gary Jeff, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers... Ten star quality you could feel in Northern Kentucky. That Call was... Earl Sizemore, affordable comfort at eight five nine four nine six zero three one four. Spark. That voice you heard, Seg, was that of Attorney Mark Epley, who was joined. He's the first winning contestant of I want to say Temp Star wow. with Seg on the Stooge Report. Where do you get the tickets from StubHub already? And who was the uh, who was the uh, sponsor with Tempstar today? What was the uh, the company that uh, that what? would be uh, Earl Sizemore at Affordable Comfort in Northern Kentucky? Thank you, Earl Sizemore and Affordable Com- Comfort in Northern Kentucky for providing us our first say Tempstar with Steg Seg on the Stooge Report winner Mark Epley. How about that? How about that? I didn't get anything for it, but I mean, no, Seg, just I get the to satisfaction. See, I get to see your pretty face. There that's you go. That's all that matters. Seg. Reds and Pirates in the first of three tonight, or first of four tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, it'll be uh, Jordan Lyles up against Tyler Malley, and the coverage begins at six oh five with a salvage store USA inside pitch with Lance. Can they possibly get any hits this game? I think so. that would be helpful. Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after the game. The common denominator here, Sag, is that Pittsburgh sucks. The Reds may not do well at 1-4, and four, but Pittsburgh sucks. In fact, their only win this season is, is against the Pirates, of course, on opening day. Correct. There is nothing about the confluence in western Pennsylvania that is desirable at all. They can't even make a, a good sandwich without putting French fries on top of it, for God's sake. Pittsburgh sucks. There's nothing about Pittsburgh that is even halfway appealing. And the other... Penguins? No. 
Don't like them either. I don't like the pay- Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Penguins. I don't okay. like the Steelers. I don't like the Pirates. I don't like all the crap that rolls downhill down the Ohio from the Monongahela and the Allegheny either. We, have, we, we, are, we are, because of our geographical location, Segman, yes. we are subject to to Pittsburgh's sewage every day of the year. And that's, if that were the only reason, that'd be a great reason to hate Pittsburgh because we've been sucking their sewage ad nauseum ever since there have been two, ever since before the Reds started play in 1869 for more than 150 years because of our geographical location, we have had to take Pittsburgh's you-know-what and I'm saying it's time to get the S out of Pittsburgh. Gary, and, Jeff, uh, yes. the uh, Cyclones are regular season champions in the ECHL with their win last night. They have home ice advantage. Go Clones! And uh, three Cyclones, uh, Jesse Schultz, Eric uh, Canodal, and uh, Michael Hauser have been named uh, to the all-ECHL first team today. Why do they not get more coverage? I have no idea. No, that's, Seg, a, that's a mystery. You're a sports guy. That's a mystery. It's, it's partially on your shoulders. They're covered here. I mean, every but, score, every game? Yes. You make sure you mention the Cyclones. whether When they're playing, where, and whatever. They are the only championship team that has won a championship in their league, be they college or pro, in this town in recent memory. And they're playing real well this year. They might get a third Kelly I Cup. I think they're going to get another Kelly Cup. What was the uh, the cup that they won for having the most points? Uh, the Brabham. The Brabham? That was the regular season championship. Who's, who's that's named after? I think Jeff Brabham, the former uh, uh, motorsports king. You think Jeff Brabham? Yep. What does motorsports have to do with hockey, Seg? It's fast. Black ice. Go ahead. Uh, Bengals today re-signing a guard center, a Trey Hopkins, to a one-year deal. Right. And uh, Xavier... The men's basketball team, Travis Steele, is going to pack the going uh, to team up and uh, going to take a summer tour in Spain this August. You know what, Seg? Heading to Barcelona and Madrid August 7th through the 15th. Don't know if um, Joe and Byron are going to go. Can I, tell you some, can I tell you something about that? Cincinnati in Spanish. Can I tell you something about that? Seg? Go right ahead. Well, I've never been to Spain <laughs> But I kind of like the music. Well, maybe Joe and Byron might do the games in Spanish back to Cincinnati. All the ladies are insane there, and they sure know how to use it. You can't refuse it. Ain't never going to lose it. Don't abuse it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Nicely done. Nicely done, Jerry. Hope you, hope you captured that, Matt. Going to need some three-dog night later on. Maybe send, that to, maybe send that to Willie. Make him feel better? Yes. You think that might do it? Immediately. It's a get well card for, for Bill Cunningham right there. you there. go. Gary Jeff singing Never Been to Spain by Three Dog Night. Well, Xavier's going, so they'll, they'll, they're going. They're, they'll be there. So, Seg, uh, any thoughts on how to get the Reds out of their doldrums here? I mean, we need, we need to get some offense generated, obviously. They'll hit, Gary Jeff. Another fine performance yesterday by Mr. Castillo. Yes, on sir. The 
But they've, I mean, had, they, they've had uh, great nine strikeouts. So Usually it's the other way around. The offense is gives r- up one run, and, the, and they get no pitching. Now they get the pitching. Now they can't get the hitting. But uh, believe me, it, it, you know. Well, what were they doing when they signed Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig and all the rest of these these great consummate perennial power hitters, and they can't get any power? What's wrong, Seg? Tell me what's wrong. They're only five games into it, Gary. They Jeff, need a relax. slump buster. Call go Tracy Jones. Go get him one. I, you drive know to Pittsburgh. Fill your car up and drive to Pittsburgh. And it's I only bet, up 71. I bet 29. His slump busters. Take a right at Columbus. The last, cross and up. When was the last time Tracy Jones played Major League Baseball? How long has it go has it been? Like 20 30 years? 30 years? No, not 30, but 20-something. on the Yeah. Early 90s. It seems like 30. Yeah, it seems. Imagine how old Tracy. I think it's 29, his number. How many how how old Tracy Jones old slump busters are now? They'd be a sure cure. Ooh. They have to raid an old folks home. A bunch of nice. a bunch of nice. a bunch of sextagenarians. Maybe, maybe that could be a uh, Brenneman and Jones uh, uh, segment. <laughs> a bunch of sextagenarians being shipped up to Pittsburgh to help the Reds bats wake up. I think they'll be okay, Gary Jeff. Depends. I think they'll be okay. Hopefully, starting tonight. Yeah, could be. It depends. Could be the sponsor for that. The slump buster trip to Pittsburgh to help the Reds. It could bats. be a long night, though. It's ninety percent chance of rain. The last time I looked, really in the Steel City tonight. Well, so Finn and Gamble may and be I, on after all. And then I, I think that uh, they, I don't think they have a roof. Seg, if you would be so kind, sir, as to uh, get us out of the Stooge Report, I'd appreciate it. Gary Jeff, in honor of a uh, beautiful Thursday here in the Tri-State. Uh, We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. You're a a blind, dumb, befuddled fool. That's it. Says it all right there. All right. Thank you. Willie, get well soon. Get well, Willie, please. And uh, we'll come back with Mark Epley for a few moments on 700 WL. Cincinnati. As of this moment, we still do not have a definitive answer on whether the young man found in Newport yesterday is, in fact, Timothy Pitson. He claims he was abducted eight years ago as a six-year-old and has been held in captivity and passed from person to person, finally escaping his captors at some point yesterday and again being found in Newport by authorities after a good Samaritan encountered the young man, and he said he needed help. He was bruised, looked like he'd been beaten up, but finally free. So we're waiting uh, the DNA results on that. We're also waiting word on Bill Cunningham. Willie had a procedure this morning, as you probably know, to replace a heart valve, and that was supposed to happen at 9.30 this morning. It is almost 3 p.m. Eastern. We still don't know. But uh, Mark Epley, join us. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Gary. Jeff, how are you? Great to have you in. Uh, my, friend, my friend Doug from Ripley says that he and Nate still have the record for saying Temp Star was Seg with more bravado than you. So I think there's a challenge upcoming. I think that we may have to have a Temp Star off at some point in the future. I, you, you name the time and place, and I'll be here to make it happen. All right. We'll throw the gauntlet down and see what's happening. Mark Epley, as a frequent guest, uh, has been a frequent guest on, on this show and on my Nightcap show. He is an attorney in town specializing in divorce and also adoption, which has become your real passion. You and your wife's passion has become adoption because you've adopted two. You've got a third one on yep. the way. Yep, that'll be adopted towards the end of the month, yeah. And uh, you're doing adoption seminars. And it's really – and you've got – you're working on a book about your adoption odyssey. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's been a real uh, – 
a real path that I guess you feel like God has put you on. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We are, um, my wife and I are very passionate about foster care and, and also adoption. We've, our, our children we have been adopted out of the foster care uh, system. So absolutely a lot of passion um, for adoption, a lot of passion for foster care, a lot of, a lot of passion just to provide people with information that um, may help them choose whether to become foster parents or adoptive parents. And, and as you mentioned, we do have an adoption seminar. It's at my office next Wednesday night. Um, I will give you the number. It's 513-621-6275 to register. Just just a couple of speakers coming in, one who has got a national agency. Just explaining the process and how it works. Or yeah, what? and whether or not whether or not people would be good candidates for uh, for being adoptive parents, how the match system um, works, how – bio parents or birth mom have certain rights, how adoptive parents have certain rights, and just really just kind of an informative, intuitive or a formal information gathering session. To guide them through sure. the process. Just, yeah, absolutely. To answer some questions, whether it's general as far as how the adoption process works or more specific about uh, children that have, have been adoptively placed with them or whatnot. And parents, <laughs> parents, uh, people who have who have money, who have means, do not necessarily make the best parents, but... That has to be a consideration, is the financial consideration, because you're under you're undertaking uh, a lifestyle change as far as your finances when you accept a young baby into your home. Yeah, th- there are there are definitely yeah. financial. Just like being a parent in general, I guess. Yeah, there are there are financial situations and obligations that have to, to have to be met, whether or not you're doing a private adoption or uh, an adoption through through the county or through Job and Family Services. So that's that's one of the things. But you also have to look at the, uh, you you want to be a, a right match, a good fit. As a parent, to have that child in, in, in your place. And, well, certainly. And, and just because, you know, I, I, too many times people lose hope because they, they want that one child that they believe God is, has got for them, and then they're, they're passed up by the bio mom or the agency, and they just lose all hope about ever having a child, and, and you just can't do that. That's not an easy process. Some of them are the very first match, and other of them are 18 months down the road. And sometimes, as in the case with your first uh, boy, um, the child finds you, and, and that happened in your case. That that is after you and your correct. wife had had a, a miscarriage, she didn't come to term with the the baby that she, you you guys were pregnant with, and you had a name in mind, and ultimately the name of the child that you adopted, your first adoptee, the boy, was the same name that you had originally picked out for your unborn baby. That's correct. Just a crazy story. That's correct, and and I'm working on that aspect of the book, and and hopefully trying to get that published down the, down the road story. before the end of the year. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if we, we had Elizabeth Johnston on earlier, who is um, the publisher of ActivistMommy.com. She's the mother of ten wow. herself, biological children, and she's participating in a rally along with thousands of others from DayOfMourning.org. Uh, in Richmond, Virginia, to protest uh, at the Richmond Coliseum, uh, the Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's doubling down on endorsing infanticide. Yeah. And I, as I always like to say when I'm talking with you, when it comes to pregnancy, there are two A's. One is adoption. The other one is ballyhooed and talked about too much because the people understand that there are loving people who would gladly take their unborn baby if they carry it to term, maybe we would have less of the other A That's right. in our society. That's right. and, and adoption is never talked about as much as it should be in this process, and I'm glad that you're fighting a good fight. And There is a stigma to foster care. Sure. A lot of people think that you know these are people just doing it for the money and the kids are all abused, and that's not necessarily the case at all. 
No, that, I think that's important for you to point out. That, that, that's right. There, there, there is a, there's a negative stereotype that comes with foster care, and uh, it's it's never been about finances. It's about loving some children. It's about taking them in and caring for them. And whether or not it's that child is in your house for for a night, a week, a month, a year, forever, it's about loving a child and giving them hope. About giving them and allowing them to pursue their dreams in in a safe place. And, and as you mentioned. There is passion about adoption, and it's not being said enough. It, there's that other A word that is kind of so all, all the focus is on whether whether pro or uh, against it. That's that's always the narrative. That's always the the option that's talked about. When right. there is this other option that is so much more, um, you know, uh, life. It, it's a life change, and it's beautiful. It, it is yeah. a beautiful word. That life reaffirming is the word I was trying to think of, you know, yeah. because it is all about life at that point and not about death. Uh, I appreciate your time as always, yeah, my man. My pleasure, Gary. Thank you for coming. Mark occasionally me. stops at the bar and has a beer. Maybe soon again. Uh, it's good to see you. <laughs> Thank and, you. And give me the number again for folks interested in the adoption. Sure, it's five one. Some... Sorry, it's five one three six two one Mark M A R K or five one three six two one six two seven five. More on the Timothy Pitson story as we continue. Eddie and Rocky are just ahead, and uh, maybe by the end of their program, they will have word on Willie. Willie Willie pull through. The great American. The world watches and waits, and hopes and prays. God bless the great American and Godspeed, Bill Cunningham. News now, 700 With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.